Hi, welcome to episode 547 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Elroy Burkdale, the new host of the show. I'm here to make this podcast great again. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four, starting with issue 547 and going all the way to issue 645. And today is Fantastic Four 547 from August 2007. Reconstruction, Chapter 4. Oh, Reconstruction, a very shameful time in our nation's history. Reconstruction, Chapter 4. Never ask her if she's wearing colored contact lenses by Dwayne McDuffie and Paul Pelletier. So here I am. No, it is not a dream or a nightmare. It's real. It's real. I am back for good as the permanent host of this podcast. I have a lot of free time on my hands lately and I needed something to do. I'd got laid off from my job earlier this year and they hired a six-year-old girl in Vietnam to do my job instead. Oh, I'm going to get that job back. You believe me. I'm going to get that job back from that little bitch. So the Fantastic Four have just gotten back from a trip to another dimension filled with zombies on a parallel earth. Huh. Zombies on a parallel earth. Sounds like an alternate reality where Hillary Clinton is president. And Mr. Johnny Storm is telling this to this tall black warrior lady and she's, he's telling her all about it. Like, is he trying to impress her? She's tough looking and all and clearly she's a four, maybe a five. I think Johnny can do better. She's not interested and doesn't react to him at all. Clearly, she's a lesbo. Black Panther comes out of the bathroom and tells Johnny he learned some important stuff on their extra-dimensional trip. Johnny is more interested in the fact that Black Panther had two guards stationed outside the bathroom door. And the Panther said he does not like to be disturbed while he attends to his kingly duties. Johnny laughs and he's like, duties, he said duties. <laughs> duties is a funny word though. Black Panther says he's going to the UN, and he leaves Johnny alone to hit on that Wakandan warrior lady. But she grabs him, twists his arm behind his back, and says nothing. But that kind of gets the message across. She's not the kind of gal you can pop a tic-tac and grab by the pussy. Oh, back in space, Reed Richards is examining that mysterious object that entered the solar system last issue. Looks like a rock to me. He scans it and tells Sue it's a complex biochemical artifact. Oh, Susan Richards, I got a complex biochemical artifact right here, just for her. Reed says he has to study it. So much for the second honeymoon. She gives him two days to research it. Now, with Reed busy, what the hell is she going to do for two days? She's on the moon, Titan. Not like she can go shopping or watch TV or I don't know. What else do women do? That about covers it, right? She says she's going to finish reading a book called Against the Day. Now I have to go Google this and see what that is. And it's a 2006 historical novel. 1,085 pages. Takes place between 1893 and World War I. Featuring more than 100 characters. Okay, they lost me at 100 characters and 1,000 pages. Ain't no book worth reading if they can't solve the mystery in 200 pages or less. So let's get back to the story. Mr. Reed gets in a ship and heads off one way, and Sue is in another ship, and she's going back to Titan. 
and we see a mysterious figure in shadows with a uh, purple and blue suit. My guess is it's the wizard. I don't remember who it is. I've read this issue before. He says to someone, We are underway. Proceed to target two. Coordinates follow. Back at the Baxter building, Storm, not Sue Storm or Johnny Storm, just Storm. Just to avoid confusion, I'll call her Black Storm. So Black Storm is upset with Ben because he said something about her hair. I didn't say it. I'm just telling you what Michael said, Ben tries to assure her. She states that her hair is completely natural. It is not a weave. She even asked Ben to touch it, to pull on it. At first, he doesn't want to, but then he pulls on it, and he even picks her up by her hair. You know, that's my kind of woman. If you can't pull a broad's hair, then what's the point? And of course, this is the perfect time for Black Panther to walk into the room. T'Challa, I can explain, Ben blurts out. But T'Challa is cool with dude picking his wife up by her hair. He says she's sensitive about her hair and don't ask her if she wears colored contact lenses. She does have blue eyes, uh, which is kind of strange. They gotta be contacts, right? So he heads off saying he'll be late for supper. Meanwhile, Mr. Reed has traveled to Stamford, Connecticut to Camp Hammond. In the background, we see the She-Hulk leading a group of superhero trainees. She doesn't even bother to say hello. Not even a wave to her old friend. But then again, she is almost a 10. I'll give her a 9 for being a colored lady. You know, that color being green. Reed heads inside, asking to see Dr. Hank Pym. He gets in to see Hank and tells him that he wants his opinion on a scientific puzzle. Hank heads off with Reed, telling his staff to hold his calls. So they head back to Reed's ship in, or in orbit over Earth, and they have a look at that weird rock. Wouldn't it be something if it turned out to be nothing but a useless rock, instead of some world-threatening menace? Of course, it'll be a world-threatening menace, it always is. Since, Han since Hank Pym is the world's foremost biochemist, Reed wants Hank to have a look at the rock. Reed describes what he's found so far. It has different sections. The rear is a chemical faster-than-light drive and propulsion unit. Another section acts, acts as the brain and power source. And there are chemicals the kinds used to make perfumes. Something stinks about this story. Reed thinks the device stores information in the form of complex scents. Reed thinks it's some kind of message, and Hank says it's, it's kind of like Voyager 1. This all reminds Reed that he ought to go buy his wife some perfume. You know, perfume is nice, but if you really want to make your wife happy, get her NASCAR tickets. It works for me and my lady. Back on the moon, Titan... Titan. I use Titan condoms sometimes. Heh, <laughs> just kidding. No woman is going to make me wear condoms. So Sue Richards is landing in her shuttle and thinking about having dinner with some robot, Isaac, who asks her if her guest will be joining her for dinner. Sue's like, guest? What guest? And blammo, her shuttle gets shot down by a group of three frightful creeps in spacesuits who are working for the wizard. One of them is this guy, Trapster. I think he used to be called Pastepot Pete. Now that is a supervillain name you can take to the bank. So the shuttle crumbles apart and Sue lands hard on the surface of the moon. Back with Mr. Reed and Hank Pym, Reed is saying that the rock is like Voyager 1, an artifact sent out into space from an alien civilization in the hopes that some other culture will find it one day. Reed seems awfully excited by this, like he ain't ever met no other alien creatures before? He figures out how to decipher this message from them and he plays it on a video screen. And this one alien guy, it's an alien female, 
I give her a one. If it's a male alien, well, don't ask me about that. I'm not into guys like that. So the alien, kind of frog-looking dude, says they are the Odotopians. Gives them an idea of where they're from. Says the rock has a sampling of their science, art, and culture. Let me guess. Odotopian movies like Frog Day Afternoon, The Da Vinci Toad, and Pirates of the Amphibians. <laughs> I like that last one. That frog dude goes on to say that the purpose of this message is not a peaceful exchange of untranslatable. He says that by now, the world has been wiped out, probably by the contrasepsis. Sounds good to me. We ought to do business with the contrasepsis. Sell arms to Iran and funnel that money to the contrasepsis. I call it my Iran contrasepsis plan. Oh boy, here's the kicker. Frogboy says that the contrasepsis are on their way now to destroy the human race. Well, that sucks. Back on Titan, the three members of the Frightful Four, Trapster, Titania, and some other guy, I don't know who he is yet, are approaching Sue, and she turns invisible. Big surprise, that's her thing. Oh, Sue, I don't need to see you. Come here, sit on my lap. I can feel you. Oh, I have so many questions about what it would be like to make sweet, sweet love to an invisible woman. Trapster tries to spray her with his white goo. That's what I would try to do. But she's gotten out of the way. They don't know where she's gone, but they figure she's gotta be going back into that house. Meanwhile, the Black Panther is at the United Nations, groveling and asking for hands out to a shitty little country, no doubt. They're discussing some incident with Attilan, declaring war on humanity. They get a message that Reed is outside with important news. Black Panther and the rest of the FF are soon meeting with Hank Pym and, and Reed, who tells them about that message from the frog people. Reed thinks they might still have time to save the frog people, and Black Panther says they should check the rock for more information. I don't take orders from you, T'Challa. Yeah, you tell him, Hank. Taking orders from the Black Panther. That'll be the day. Reed wants to go pick up Sue and take the FF, or is that the FS, Fantastic Six, to find those contraceptions. And on Titan, Sue is in the house, surrounded by the Fightful Four, including Hydro Man, he's the other one, and the wizard is there too, and he shoots Sue with a gun that can go through her force field, and the, wizards, and the wizard starts broadcasting this on TV to the rest of the FF. It's like the worst thing they've seen on TV since Baby Bob was canceled. After the call, Hydra Man asks the wizard if it's a good idea to piss off Reed Richards. The wizard laughs and says he hopes so, because if the FF try coming for him, well, he put a bomb in the FF's ship. And on the next page, we see that ship. You know, all exploding and shit. And that is the end of that. My first episode as permanent host, and the FF are dead. Well, shit. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, don't ask me. You can email the former host of the show, Dave Woods-His-Name at podcastff at gmail.com. I got me one of those new Twitter accounts. Elroy Burkdale, where I can, like, insult people and stuff. Isn't that what it's for? You can download other episodes of iTunes and find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. I'm sure there's a few good ones out there. So long, everyone. God bless America.